Well, come on, man. We're so glad you're here. We'll take out this uh, reverb and delay. This is uh, Julia's mic. So, man, it's good to see you this morning. Turn to James chapter 1 if you have your Bibles. James chapter 1. You can get on your YouTube version Bible, whatever it takes to get there this morning. I was meeting some people back there on the first row. Now, it's debatable what the first row really is. Is the first row up here? Is it the, the bed chairs up here? Or is it right behind the bar? I'm not sure. It's like everybody can be on the front row this morning. If you're at home online, you're on the front row as well. Uh, but you're missing, you're missing the excitement here this morning, but we're glad you made it. Hey, I'm, a, I'm super excited just to share and, and uh, expound upon God's word this morning of what he said last Sunday through Pastor Reggie. Did y'all enjoy Pastor Reggie and Bomi? Come on, man. I was like, I got to follow that up. I wanted to put Pastor Austin or Edgar up here this day because I didn't want to follow up, you know, such greatness. Uh, but I'm excited to just expound upon that. What I want to do is we had an engaged spirit last Sunday. And uh, you may or may not know, but uh, Reggie is very prophetic in nature. And so what that means is, is the, the Holy Spirit just drops upon him words of encouragement for the church and is able to speak life into them. And, and, uh, and I, I love 1 Corinthians 13 because when it talks about the prophetic and it talks about the, the nature of the prophetic, it says that we prophesy and uh, we know in part and prophesy in part. So we, we don't fully know. So every word that is spoken to you should be tested, right? If somebody comes up and says, thus saith the Lord, that doesn't necessarily, that was, means that was the Lord fully. It means we should test it. Hey, is that line up with scripture? Was that encouragement out of the word of God? Was, did that line up with my spirit? And did it uh, line up with the people around me? Was there all these factors that came in alignment and say, oh man, that, that really was an encouragement for me. That was God. And so Pastor Reggie and Bomi had a chance to prophesy over us last Sunday night. And so what I want to do is I'm going to show you a seven-minute video clip. And, and I think it's important for our church because it's not just about Brandy and myself, but it's about our church. And I just think it's imperative for us to share that with you. Maybe you're a guest this morning, you're just checking us out, and you're like, man, I, I want to know if I want to be a part of this. Well, listen to this word, and maybe it'll help you decide, hey, I want to be a part of what God is doing in this place. And so um, just to set up this clip, Sean is um, basically what is happening is Reggie and Bomi, they were ministering. Bomi shared an awesome word that's on our podcast for all, all those who are interested. And, and what happened with Reggie and Bomi, we put them in downtown. Marriott. We put them in the downtown Marriott on the Riverwalk because that's what you do um, it, because it's, it's awesome down there. And we put them in a hotel room. Well, uh, lo and behold, they, they ended up getting an upgrade because they ran out of rooms. And I was um, starting to fret and getting a little embarrassed. Oh, man, I, hopefully we don't have to find them another hotel at the Motel 6. Nothing wrong with the Motel 6. But uh, those sheets are crunchy. So we're not, we're not going to do that. So we, were, we wanted to put them in the Marriott. And they upgraded them and said, hey, the only room that we have available for you is a really large room. It is our presidential suite. So already favor upon Reggie and Bomi, and that was our heart to bless them in such a way. So there they are on the top floor of the Marriott, looking out the window at San Antonio, and, and Reggie reflects on that as he begins this word. Let's share this word this morning. And I'm looking over the city as I'm praying in this, this afternoon, and I see a triangle. The Lord says three locations, three locations. And I don't know what's, I, I feel like there's three areas that are 
in need of a different, unique expression. God's going to give you the grace to be able to see something happen. And I, I just, it's interesting. I said, Lord, I share this with him right now. It's going through so much. Different things are happening. But the Lord said, share it with him. Share it with the people. Know that, 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 that there's expansion. There's harvest coming. God's going to bring the right people and resources. And I even sense that where there's been a, a sense at times uh, that you have been carrying weight. And I really sense that the Lord is saying for both of you that he's bringing on both the family level and also in the ministry level those that will come alongside you and help to bear the weight. It's not that someone, everyone in here is not doing anything. We're all leaders. We're doing something. There are specific things in their heart that I'm sensing that you've been asking for. And I'm talking about those. These, these needs have been met. But the Lord says that there are needs that he's going to address. And you're going to find in these next 18 months that God is going to move powerfully and supernaturally to bring about the vision from heaven. And I, I, I see God more than restoring. It's just more than restoring in a very quick way. There's going to be and uh, an amazing credibility that's established in the public eyes that you're going to have. And the Lord says continue to plow because what's happening is you're going deep. You're plowing deep. And the word for the super bloom is, is, is exactly for you. The agitation and everything seems like it's temporarily created. You know, trenches in the ground and cracks. But those aren't just cracks. Those are places where seeds have been sown. And the Lord says that those seeds are going to be watered. They're going to be fertilized. They're going to grow up and present an incredible harvest. And I, I just sense, I just want to pray against some of the uh, unnecessary warfare that has come against you. Talk about this, but I, I just saw items in, in the home and different things like that that just seem to just go out like things that it's like, oh man, now we have to deal with this, now we have to deal with that. And so, Lord, I just I, we come against the unnecessary inconveniences. Lord, we're happy for the for the good ones, for the ones that you want, but we come against that right now. Lord, and we speak in the creed, Lord God, your power, your grace, and your victory over this church, over Ben and Brandy, over their family, in the name of Jesus Christ. One other quick thing I want to say, Brandy, I, I saw the Lord, I just heard the Lord say, you are, you are an incredible it was like a chess board. You know, I don't even know much about chess, but I just, you two, that makes two of us. But I, I saw, you know, you're like one of the big dog chess pieces that sit in the back. That's all I know. And it was like when you moved, you know what I mean, certain things happened. And you were able to see victory take place. And I just felt like God is getting ready to give you an open door that is going to be incredible. And it's going to be one in which... 
lots and lots of people are going to come to know God and are going to come into the reality of who He is. Some of them have been believers that have been stuck and they have they have literally they just have not had any room. God is going to give you the grace to help to usher them in. The Lord says that you're like a gatherer. You're, you're one who would bring people in and that would literally bring them to the right place. You're a connector. And the Lord's going to have and augment that and increase that this season. And there's going to be a grace to see many people, both those who know God and those who do not. They're going to come as a result of what God does in your life and the doors he opens. And I just sense for you, Pastor Ben, like that you're gonna this is what you're going to see. You're gonna find yourself in positions, you're gonna say, How in the world did I get here? Because it's an elevation coming. You wouldn't have expected it. In fact, you look back and say, I don't have the qualifications. But again, it's one of those things where in this moment God was actually adding qualifications that He approves of to your resume. And you're gonna find yourself in spaces that you just thought, I never thought I would be here, or I didn't know how I got here, but God put you there. You have influence in this city. And it's not the influence that you know everybody sees on stage, but it's the kind of influence that happens when you speak, people listen because of the way you live your life. So I believe that in this season where it feels like it's tense and it's tight, it's actually the season where God is like like a bow, like a bow and arrow. It's like the, the, the more tension or um, but when it pulls back, it's like the farther it's going to go. And that's exactly what's happening in this season. So don't give up hope because what's happening right now is just God really preparing you for the thrust so that you can go as far as you can go. And for you, Brandy, I just totally attest to what Reggie was saying. The level of influence you're going to have in this city is beyond what you can imagine. And it starts with a simple decision to speak the truth when you need to say it. And you're thinking, I'm losing friends, but God is saying, no, I'm elevating you because integrity needs to speak. But it's funny that the name of the church is Luminous because when you look at the definition of Luminous, it says something that is bright in the time of darkness. And so what seems, again, just to be a moment of agitation is actually preparation for something beyond your imagination. You guys need to stick together and continue to have a united front. God is with you and God is going to watch over the children. Every need that they have, God says, I will provide. Even before you open your mouth and I will give them the best of care because you've made the decision to honor me by honoring the people that are placed before you. I'm not taking them for granted. You've laid down your lives for them. You've been what I want you to be. And because of that, my hand of honor is in your house. Not just in your house as in the church, but in your physical house. And you're going to start to seek out paying for bills that you didn't expect him to pay for. There's some things where you're like, this is too expensive and God will just gift it to you. Not because you can go around and say, God did this. But because you didn't ask for it. But he knows that you need it. And he's very pleased with you. Thank you. Amazing, amazing. Come on, well, thank y'all for enduring that. Can we give God a big hand for that? That's incredible. Now, let me let me explain and hopefully this uh, articulate this for you is that word of encouragement to Brandy and myself is a word not just to us, but to our church. Um, the way that Brandy and I live our life is a life serving the kingdom in this church. 
Uh, we, we moved our whole life 70 years ago to San Antonio to establish a church that would reach those who are maybe far away from God or disconnected from his church and bring them back into the body and encourage them and see their gifts and talents and abilities, your gifts, talents, and abilities be used to glorify God in every way that you would be able to establish your friendships and your relationships and your family and your children and your grandchildren in this place in the way of everlasting, the way of the kingdom. It is our hearts. It is our heart. It's why we moved here. And so this word of encouragement, this word of encouragement is not just for Brandy and myself. It's for us as a church that, that, that we're going through things. And as you know, Pastor Reggie spoke last week about being stuck in the mud, being stuck in the middle. But here we have this incredible amount of faith of moving, of moving forward. Moving forward was the, the message last week. And those who were here, there was this moment where we all stood up at the end. And Pastor Reggie said, hey, you thought these bones were dry. You thought these bones were dead, but I'm calling these bones to live. I'm calling this church to live and to thrive and to make an impact and difference in this city in every way. And, and, and then there was this moment where we all stepped forward at the same time and gave God a shout. Y'all remember that? Come on, man. If you were here, you remember that because it was important. It was significant. And I want to just um, highlight a couple of things in James chapter 1 about not just moving forward, but wisdom forward. And in our moving forward, it is imperative for us to have wisdom as we walk. It's one thing to step out in faith, right? It's We need to step out in faith, but as we're stepping, we also need the wisdom of God to fall upon us so that as as we're stepping, we have the right perspective, God's perspective on how we ought to walk and live this faith out, how we ought to roll out of this. Now, James is the brother of Jesus, and he wrote this around 45 AD, about 15 years after Christ was, was killed upon the cross for you and me and resurrected. And James, the brother of Jesus, the half-brother of Jesus, writes this very letter. And then 15 years later, 17 years later, about 62 A.D. or so, James was martyred for the faith that he lived out. Ever since Jesus was resurrected, James was walking this out and he died a, a martyr's death, believed to be stoned to death. Now, how many of you know that we're in this place, we're in this church this morning, and a lot of us would have a hard time being persecuted like that for our faith? For our Christian walk, for what we believe. And in fact, most of us wouldn't. Most of us would try to find out how to get on the other side of the border, right? We'd be going reversing this. We would be getting out of here. We would try to um, prolong our life, increase our days so that we could live our best life now. So we could live all of our dreams, all of our desires. It's American way, right? That's what we want. That's what we all want. I want that, to be honest. And yet, there's this moment where the Christian faith really it started moving and letters started spreading. And this letter that James writes to the Jewish Christians at the time is starting to spread. And as it's spreading, it's being persecuted and it's coming against. It's coming against. But he, James is saying, hey, I, I have to write some things that the church absolutely needs. In James chapter 1, verse 2, it says this. Count it all joy. Everybody say all joy. 
My brothers and sisters, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But it, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. We have this moment, James was coming and he was telling us, count it all joy, my brothers, when trials and tribulations and persecutions and stonings and, and words and, and defaming you in every way come against you. Count it all joy because in trials... In trials, it produces something. In trials, we find ourselves what? Becoming perfect, complete, lacking nothing. All of us, when we read these verses, we don't want to read the first part of these verses. Joy, sure, but the trials, the tribulations, the trouble that Jesus said in this world, in this life, there will be troubles. There will be troubles, there will be hardship, there will be grief, there will be pain, there will be people that we love, that we lost. There will be relationships broken that we thought were going to last forever. There was going to be job changes and job layoffs and job careers and market crashes and inflation and high gas prices, praise God. There's going to be all these things that happen in this moment, trial and trial and trial. But not only that, there's going to be a trial when it comes to your very walk, your very faith. You will be tried and tested. People will poke on you as you talk about Christ. Do you really love him? Do you really know him? Do you really follow him? And it'll come from these people who have no threatening position in your life. They will be peers or underlings. Is that allowed for instance like peter when a middle school girl comes up into him hey weren't you with christ and peter in this moment was tried he was tried he was tested it was a moment of challenging his faith it was persecution from a younger girl's mouth persecution coming at him persecution not not with stones or not with threatening of firing or losing your job or your 401k or your pension or whatever it may be no it was just an accusation by somebody younger and that persecution peter could not test could not pass the test what did he do he denied and he ran away he denied and he ran away. You see, in our experience, when we're just walking in our own strength and our own power, and this is what James is saying, if you're just walking in your own strength and your own power, you won't have what it takes to stand up for what you truly believe in. If, if, you, if you don't walk it out with a faith that comes from God, you will walk away from it because your own experience will fail you over and over again. Your truth will fail you. Uh, this is the generation. It's all about my truth. It's about my truth, right? And, and we say that all the time. It's, it's, it's about my truth. It's about my relevant truth. It's about what I believe. Well, this is what I think, and this is my opinion, and we all pontificate all these great thoughts 
based in nothing. So James saying, I don't want you to base this in nothing. I want you to base it in substance. And that's where wisdom is found. Wisdom is found in substance because wisdom comes directly from God and is God. He is the giver of wisdom and he is the one who is wise. It is he who gives it. And in James 1, 2 through 6, we read about it, about this persecution, about these trials, about these testing of your faith, all these moments that come against you, these pressure cooker moments. And how many know a pressure cooker is hot? But when you put the pressure cooker on, you can have those refried beans really quickly. The pressure cooker produces something amazing. It produces something of benefit. It produces something that is tasteful. Something that's perfect. It's good to have a pressure cooker. And, and it's not just James, not just this letter that's written about trials and tribulations. It's not just James that talks about this moment that trouble will happen. We talked about Jesus talking about trouble will happen. But if you read all, almost all the Pauline letters, talk about trials and tribulations. The parallel of Romans 5 talking about how there's going to be suffering that comes against you, but you're going to have to persevere. And the one who perseveres is the one who really has hope. Trial, tribulation, persecution. Some of it's our mental health. Some of it's our friendships. Some of it is physical ailments and fatigue. There are things that come against us. And as long as we live on this side of heaven in a fallen world, it's coming into alignment with this L body, this body that is fatigued, this body that is waning. I got to move this body into alignment of the kingdom and his truth. This is temporary, but he is eternal. This right here is for a moment, but he is forever this right here is limited, but he is abundant. And it leaves us in a weird paradox as a church, doesn't it? Because we're trying to live this life in a way that is kingdom-minded and totally fixed on him, but also in this earth with our limited abilities, our limited moments. And we're trying to live the gospel out the best that we can. And this is what James is saying. You need to walk this out because the goal is perfection. The goal is perfection. We bought a washer when we first got married. We moved out into uh, 808 St. Clair. That was our first house. Found this house. It was a foreclosure. It was gutted. We went in and we rehabbed it. We spent way too many hours there and way too many fights and way too many tears on this house. But we finally arrived and we had our first house. And through that, we bought a washing machine. And when we looked at this, this washing machine, we were like, man, we are going to get it. We did the consumer report. We asked the best people. And, and then finally, after five moves, we moved this washing machine into our new house in Timberwood Park is where we live. And, and our washing machine stinks, starts to smell like mildew. Now, I can't really smell. And that's why I have bad breath half the time and my, my clothes smell half the time. It's okay. I'm okay with that. But my wife, you know, she has, a, she has a nose of a canine. She can smell anything. And she's like, man, it stinks. It smells. So what did I do is I took this outside. I was like, I got to figure out what's going on. And I started reverse engineering it. You know what I mean? It's like a guy's love, right, to reverse engineer something, take something apart, right, Christian? 
and then try to put it together and hope it works. So I'm reverse engineering this. I'm taking it apart, and then I found, I finally get the drum out of this Samsung washer machine, and it's covered in black mildew everywhere. So I get the power washer out there. I'm in my swim trunks. I'm spraying this thing. The mildew's going everywhere, and I'm like, man, this thing is going to be so clean. My wife's going to love me forever. It's going to be amazing. Finally get this thing cleaned off, put back together. Uh, now I know how the washing machine works. I know where the mildew is. I know how to, I start to know how to clean it a little bit better. I know all these things. We love reverse engineering things. It helps us, right? It helps us appreciate how we got there. It helps us appreciate how they put this together. Some of the things that we reverse engineer, we have some engineers here and, and you guys have discovered some incredible things. I know David Ruggles like sending the rockets to Mars and different things like that. It's incredible. If we reverse engineer this scripture, it says this, that, that we are to be made perfect. We are to be made perfect. We're coming into this place perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. That is what we, the end product is. And as we reverse engineer that to be perfect, complete, lacking in nothing, there is a process of building to get to that place. There's a process of, of ingredients that happen. We see that it comes through steadfastness, that we must be a people who are steadfast. That means unwavering. That means that we aren't following every popular thing, every media blast, every next rock group or band or BTS or whatever it is. That was for you, Chantal. Anything else, right? Like, like we, we aren't just living in all these feelings. We're steadfast to what God has spoken to us to be, which is perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. And that is what you are for those who are in Christ Jesus. He's forgiven you. He's loved you. He's adopted you. And he sees you as his says man you lack nothing you're perfect you're complete we reverse engineer we see that there's this steadfastness that takes place that we're not going to wave and it comes through this that that steadfastness comes through testing in order to be steadfast there's this testing that happens you know to be steadfast means there was some resistance otherwise you're just there but to be steadfast, there's this resistance that comes against you, and it's the testing. The testing that we've talked about that comes. And this testing happens in trials. Trials. How many of you are in a trial right now of some sort? Okay, three of us. Okay, yeah, I, I would imagine all of us. Thank you, Jimmy. Some of us are in some trials. In fact, all of us are in trials. Trials. We've been tried and tried and tried and tried. Over and over and over again, I was talking to a friend who's constantly tried with this addictive behavior to pornography. He's tried over and over again. It seems like the more he tries to stay steadfast, the more it comes against him through Instagram and TikTok and Facebook and YouTube and Google and TV screens and billboards and magazines and summers on the beach. Constantly just steadfast being tried, being tried, I'm coming. There's this testing that happens in trials. 
But when we reverse engineer it, when we realize that the end is perfection, the end is completeness, and you go through all of it, then you can see that what I'm going into, I can be joyful because I know what's at the end. What I'm going into, I can be joyful because I know what's at the end of that. When I finally got the washing machine all together, praise God, I don't know how I did it. Lots of YouTube, lots of things, lots of springs, maybe some missing, I don't know. But when it was actually working and cleaning clothes again, I was like, whoa, that's awesome. If I would have known that it would work at the end, I would have been more joyful in the beginning. I would have been more joyful knowing that it was going to be hard and it was going to be tough and there's going to be all these things. Now, I'm talking about a silly washing machine, but I'm equating that to your life. Your life. You're complete. You're perfect. You're lacking in nothing. And the trial that you are in right now is for a moment. It is temporary and it's producing something inside of you. And the end is so much greater, therefore I will have joy. And as we're stepping into this and we know this perspective, it lets us and leads us into what James is talking about is wisdom, that we need wisdom in this moment because we need God's perspective on this situation. We need God. We need him. So what do we need to remain steadfast is we need wisdom. Wisdom. Wisdom, the moment where, where it says, um, the, the Proverbs 12, 5, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. A way, a way of a fool is constantly going after foolish things. A fool is insanity. Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. How many of you feel insane? Insanity can be directly correlated to a sin cycle. You know what I mean? Where he's like, okay, I went to church. I'm going to do well this week. Okay, I'm going to love God. Okay, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to have a right mind. I'm going to try to honor God with my mouth. I'm going to try to honor God with my life. I'm going to try to be benevolent. I'm going to try to be a, a blessing to people I'm around. I'm going to try to do all these things, right? I'm going to, he's giving me strength, right? But then, and then something happens. You do the thing that you didn't want to do that you've been trying not to do all week and you fall into it. And then he's like, oh, I got to go back to church. You come back to church, you repent, you come to the altar, you repent, and you take communion, you take the sacrament, you do all these things, and then you're like, I'm going to do better this week, I'm going to do better this week, I'm going to do better this week, and then, and then you mess up again. It's a sin cycle. Sin cycles are only broken when you know God's heart. God's heart is wisdom. Wisdom lets you understand grace. Grace lets you walk in freedom, and walking in freedom brings victory and allows you to be steadfast in the trial. We need wisdom. We need a wisdom, and we need to break these cycles of insanity over our lives, these insane moments. We need to quit doing the same thing over and over again and failing. So what should we do to remain steadfast? Well, James would say, Man, you've been trying your own experience. You've been trying your own way. You've been trying your own thing. It's not going very well. 
You've been trying to do you, do whatever feels right. You're, you're, you're producing your own stuff. You're, you're, you're doing everything that is uh, sensual in nature that doesn't honor God. And James would say, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. Ask for it. Jesus would remind us when he left, he said that my father, this is Jesus saying, my father will give you the things that you ask for. My father will give you the things that you ask for because, because I'm a good father. And what good dad would not give to his son if his son makes a request? Even if it's a foolish request, sometimes a dad says, okay. But a good father, when you ask him, he gives wisdom and he gives it liberally. A good father gives his Holy Spirit. A good father will give you gifts. A good father will give you everything you need to remain steadfast because God's not about you tapping out early. He's not about you wasting your life. He's not about selling, he's not about you selling your life short. He says, ask for wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7, it says, the beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. That's the beginning. You want to begin to get wisdom? You want wisdom? Just get it. How do you get it? You ask. My question to you is in your trial, have you been trying to do it all by yourself? If you feel stuck in the mud, have you been trying to do it all by yourself? Is your discipleship group all you? Is your life group all you? Is your ministry all you? Is your career all you? Is your family all you? Is your marriage all you? Are your friendships all you? Are your finances all you? Are you, is your emotional state all you? Is your physical being all you? Is it all you? Or have you included God in your story? If you let him to move, let him have his way. Let him give you the wisdom that you need. Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3, and maybe this is your action step this week, is just to read 1 Kings chapter 3. But Solomon was about to rule and govern millions of people. And before he ruled and took position, he asked for one thing. He asked for wisdom. And because he asked, God honored and gave. Wisdom is asked, but it's also asked in position. A position of humility, of humbleness. Sometimes we engineer things incorrectly. Meaning this, we want riches, we want fame, we want glory, we want to have it all, we want the perfect thing, therefore we reach out and try to make it happen our way. And when that happens, it's so fleeting. It's so fleeting. Because even if you obtain it, you still haven't arrived in your soul. Solomon humbly positioned himself and said, God, I need your wisdom if I'm going to do anything. And because he humbled himself and he asked him wisdom, what did God do? 
He gave them riches. He gave them glory. He said, because you ask for what is important, because you ask for my heart for these people, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you everything you need. The great thing about our Father, our God, is he gives you everything you need. Everything you need. He is a God who gives you everything that we need for the perfection. To close, it says this in James 1.12, Blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. The mark of us as Christians is the crown of life, the perfect and perfection and glory. For you, that's my prayer. It's the reason we exist as a church, to move people far from God, close to God, to be made perfect by God, to live out that destiny in every way. It's my prayer for you this morning. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes as I begin to pray for you. I don't know where you may find yourself because quite often we find ourselves in different places every week. Some of us are still trying to break a sin cycle. We've been trying to be steadfast, but we have been doing it in our own effort and our own strength, and we have not received God's grace and his freedom and his victory. The way to do that is to ask. Some of us have been wise and we are walking in wisdom and we are going and you just need to be reminded, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. Keep going, keep pursuing. For your perfection and your completeness is along the journey as we're walking so that others may see this testament. Keep going. And for those who have decided, I just want to do life my own way. I want to be my own fame. I want to be my own glory. I would say repent. Repent this morning. Say, God, I'm sorry. Repentance is a key to embrace what God has promised. It's a key to come out of agreement of your self-interest and move into alignment with God's interests over your life. Father, we thank you. Lord, this morning as people are all over the place in different spaces, but Lord, I thank you that they made it this morning. You're a good father who loves to give wisdom you love to give us the way to walk this life and the way to walk forward. We move forward with wisdom because moving forward means we're with you. I'm asking that for everybody in this place, everybody in our church, this church, Luminous, that you would bless them, you would energize them. And Lord, that which is broken, start to make whole. 
in Jesus' name, amen.